Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a podcast from BBC Studios, the commercial subsidiary of the BBC. You're listening to Season 3 of the TalentWorks Podcast, an interview series with digital talent brought to you by Helen O'Donnell and me, Brona Monaghan. Each week, Helen and I speak to the best in the business when it comes to digital talent. Here at BBC Studios, it's our job to discover and nurture the next generation of talent who've built their audiences online and are evolving and innovating the media landscape as we know it. Kimmy Kamani is a content creator, actor and educator for equality and diversity in the workplace. Kimmy was born in Kenya and moved to England from the age of eight. She grew up with a passion for acting and dancing, but is currently best known as one half of the joyous YouTube channel James and Kimmy. We met Kimmy at one of our commissioner pitch days in collaboration with YouTube, and her personality and creative flair really stood out for us, and so we were delighted to have her as part of our unscripted retreat in collaboration with the BBC Writers Room, where this episode is recorded. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hi Kimmy, thanks for joining us in the TalentWorks studio. Oh, thank you for having me. I mean, it's not really a studio. <laughs> we're we're in a, a bedroom in a lovely house. With a middle, great view. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's first thing in the morning, <laughs> the sun is rising, there's a nice haze over the fields, it's beautiful. We've created a nice atmosphere. Yeah. So we just wanted to chat to you a little bit more about your journey as a creator. Uh, We actually met you a few months ago at the YouTube space when we hosted a sort of brainstorm day all about how to pitch your idea, how to talk to commissioners. How did you find that that day? I really enjoyed that because a lot of the things you guys spoke about aren't things I really considered. Like, I only had one experience in radio, but I didn't really think it was for me at the moment. But then the more we started talking about different ideas and um, how you develop the ideas and pitch them, I got really into it. I started getting excited about it. And it was really great pitching that forward and hearing everyone else's ideas as well as getting feedback. I think that was really useful. Is it something you came into with um, not a lot of confidence? Was it like what was your kind of expectation of what commissioners would be like to be fair honestly like this is going to sound so stupid I did not know what a commissioner was when I entered that Mm, room that's a good good point it's only when they explained I'm like oh okay I get what you do and yeah and I think it's quite difficult to even get a room with those people in or to even find yourself in a room with all those commissioners so I thought that was such an amazing opportunity to be fair Cool. So to step back, Kimmy, when did you know that you wanted to have a creative career? Growing up, I used to dance and sing around the house and record myself. I think everyone, when you get your first flip phone, well, people my age, when you get your first flip phone and it has a little camera, you kind of go around the house, record yourself, but you don't see it going somewhere. It's just kind of fun. 
until I started watching quite a lot of YouTube videos and people started vlogging and I thought, wow, oh my gosh, maybe I could try and do that. But for years and years, I would just record them on my phone and keep them on my phone. They never went anywhere. So, oh, that was such a massive leap of faith for me when I finally uploaded a video. So what what made you take that leap? Um, I started watching one YouTuber called Scholar Dondo. And then she was just a regular girl who was just like me uploading videos about her fitness journey. And then I just, on, I actually uploaded a video on New Year's Eve when I thought I've got to do this. Like I've been, I've had the same New Year's goals for like such a long time. I've just got to take the leap of faith and just post it and see how it goes. But I think it's so scary when you do because you've just put yourself out to the whole world. And obviously you've just mentioned Scola, but when you were younger, did you have any other creative influences? Were they TV presenters? Were they musicians? Who were the people that inspired you creatively? Uh, growing up, I watched a lot of Disney channels, so there was quite a lot of musicals on there. So I looked up to people like Selena Gomez, That's So Raven, little things like that, because I wanted predominantly to be an actor. So I looked up to those people and any actors that kept coming through, so... The, those are the people I mainly looked up to. I wouldn't say it was any specific YouTubers until I started really watching YouTube videos because back in the day, they weren't really a thing. I think they've in the last few years, they've really come to the forefront of media. And if somebody hasn't seen your channel or any of your um, social media feeds, how would you describe your uh, creative output? Creative is a strong word, but um, no, we do try. Um, it's more of a lifestyle channel, just recording my journey with James. James is my boyfriend. And um, it all started by accident, really, when he kind of did a video on my channel. And uh, people really responded well to it. And when we went on holiday, we started filming on holiday. And we thought, oh, my gosh, we could be like holiday vloggers, like record everywhere we go. That was the only video we ever recorded when we went away. So that didn't happen. But um, it turned more into a lifestyle channel and we just record our journey together. And it's always good because you look back and it's all the memories you've had through your relationship. And at what point did you realise that you could pursue it as a career versus uh, a hobby or a passion point? Um, I think I realised when someone emailed us and said, oh, um, can I pay you £50 to promote this? I thought, oh my gosh, someone's going to pay me £50 <laughs> to promote this. I'll take it. And he thought, if he pays me £50, I just need like 10 more people to pay me £50. <laughs> I've made £500. So I thought, I could totally do this. And then it's crazy when people pay you to just do something you enjoy because you do feel like, with me, with vlogging, you feel like you're just getting paid for people to watch what you do on a daily basis. So it doesn't really feel like work. Um, and how do you sort of structure the content or is it, does it come more from you or does it come more from James? What's the sort of balance between your ideas and his? My process is really weird because a lot of times I get ideas at night. So I could just go to sleep and I don't, we don't know what we're going to record the next day, but we know we have to film something. And then just when I'm about to fall asleep, I think of a really good idea. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've totally got to write that down. And then I've tried to convince him the next day we've got to film this and that. But if it's a vlog, it kind of needs more planning because you need to go somewhere with it. It needs to, it can't just be us at home sitting down, relaxing. It has to go somewhere. So that needs to be a bit more thought out. But if it's a sit down video where you're talking or answering people's questions, I feel like those type of videos don't need to be scripted or planned. I think you're most authentic when you just click record and you just say whatever comes to mind. Do you ever think it puts pressure on your relationship or are you very sort of, this is when we're in business YouTube mode and this is kind of what's just for us? Um, it can be a bit hectic at some times because 
you've got someone else who depends on you to do something. So you can't just say, oh, I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to do it tomorrow. Do you know if you're doing it by yourself, you can have a lot of lazy days and take months off because some of my friends who take months off and they're okay with it. But when you're doing it with someone else, it's kind of like, oh, I've got to do it. I don't want to let them down. But at the same time, we do have a role. If someone's really not up for it or they're not feeling well, we don't do it. Or if you're upset about something, we just don't do it because you like to be authentic in the moment. And you were telling me last night that one of your focuses is on um, creating content with like depth or a message. Can you tell us a bit more about that? So um, recently I've been thinking about my journey a lot. My mum's travelling to Kenya this month. So I've been thinking about my journey. I grew up in Kenya till I was eight. And it's such a different upbringing to um, quite a lot of people. And I feel like I've got a lot of girls who follow me who have that upbringing, but they don't have the opportunities. Like if I was still in the same situation back in Kenya, all these opportunities wouldn't be available. And it's from where I started to where I am right now, it's been such a journey and it's had a lot of work, a lot of ups and downs and stuff. So I think putting that out there might help someone else because there is a lot of girls who think they can't achieve this, they can't do this because of backgrounds they're from or um, or who their parents are, little things like that. But and like I've literally learned on this journey, anything is possible. Because even the background on my phone is um, a Christmas in Kenya and you see our little Christmas chief. It looks like he has two leaves, but he had a lot more than <laughs> two leaves. But it's little pictures like that with my mum holding my sister's hand. And then when you flip it, it's my sister graduating, getting her first last year. And it's us free again. And it's it's been such a crazy journey. So I think little moments like that should be highlighted because they inspire young people. Is that something you'd like to do kind of in the long term, sort of maybe travel back and, and educate young women on using YouTube as a platform, as a sort of a confidence builder or a way of self-expression? Is that something that you would be interested in doing? Yeah, 100%. And I think the only reason I haven't even started it is because... I don't want to do it like a basic vlog, how we do it. It's It'd be something that takes quite a lot of time. I'd want it to be produced really well, like maybe even travel back to Kenya and see where my mum grew up and look at where I grew up and then look at the difference between then and now. Because sometimes I feel like when people say, oh, I can't get from here to here, like I can't, go, I can't become a famous actor or something like that. A lot of times it seems like massive. But when I look back at the little girl who grew up in a little village in Kenya, where, trust me, not a lot of people know, it doesn't even come up on Google Maps, it's that deep. Um, To where I am now, having my own house, it's like, that's the wild... If I showed that little girl the image of me now, she would not believe it. So it's the same as in 20 years' time, I'm probably going to do something that the me now is not going to believe that would have been possible. And Kimmy, you're one of the youngest of the group, and I'm always interested to ask, Is TV, do you think that TV is still a, a credible career path for young people, or do you find that the opportunities that YouTube has brought has sort of, maybe, it maybe makes you think that actually I don't need TV, or that's not, doesn't have a place in my, in my career? Um, as someone who's wanted to go into acting for a long time, I feel like... YouTube has opened a lot of doors for a lot of people to come through because their personalities start to shine and brands start falling in love with them and they get opportunities they wouldn't have. Because, to be honest, when I used to go to auditions, a lot of times when you look at the um, the brief, it just says, there's a main girl and then friend, it says, can be Asian or black. And you're just like, oh, okay, so only one of us is getting the role. So everyone else in the cast looks the same and it's only just one role for a diverse person. So it did feel a bit like there's something missing and there was a lack of representation for a long time. But I think slowly more shows are getting a bit more diverse and they're 
giving young people opportunities but I think YouTube has definitely opened doors for young people to create their opportunities that they don't normally get from from media. So you're currently on a retreat with BBC Writers Room and BBC Studios Talentworks. How have you found it so far? Oh I found it really great like um talking to everyone about where they're from what they do I think that's been really interesting because a lot of times when you meet people who do social media or anything like that it's only passing so you only talk to them for a few minutes you don't really get to know the person but here we've really had deep chats about why you do what you do where you've come from and I feel like everyone has such a strong story of how they came to do what they do and it's been really great. So yesterday there was a session on creative formats and a session from Gemma, Arismith, a comedian. Were there any highlights for you? Uh, Gemma's session was great because I'm one of those people who claims to be funny, but I'm not really funny at all. Like my sense of humour is so bad. But um, when it came to when she taught us about structuring writing, I really enjoyed that. Like um, me and Becky were doing it together. And once we started writing it down, we just had so many ideas. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I could totally write a sketch show. It might not be great, but I could totally do it now. Yeah, I feel like you and Becky really clicked on that. (laughs) So tell us a bit more about what was the exercise Gemma was doing? Uh, For that one? Yeah. It was basically, um, she was talking about when in a scene, a lot of times there's a game going on. And in the scenes we were doing, it's one upping on each other. So whatever someone says, you've got to do something or say something greater than that. So we went for something close to home, which is YouTube. A lot of times when you meet YouTubers, when you say, I've done this, they're so quick to say, oh, that's great. So last week I was working with blah, blah, blah. And you're like, wow, okay. So we kind of went with that. Yeah, I think what was great as well was she spoke about there's sort of nothing new. So she was showing us an example from Goodness Gracious Me, which is exactly the same thing of one-upmanship. And it was great for you guys to then have your take on that. Yeah. Yeah, we talked a lot about how it's about your, it's finding your unique tone of voice. That's always the, the core objective of anything that we do here because everything else is just framework. And once you have sort of the vocabulary to explain what your idea is almost in a sort of in a tv language then the world's your oyster and then after that it's like okay what is here's my framework and then what how does Kimmy's voice shine through in this yeah 100% because I feel like do you know you don't get a lot of opportunities to learn things like that because in our world you're learning as you go. You pick up a camera, you're really bad at it in the beginning, and then as you go, your videos get better. You've never edited before, and then you learn to edit. You learn all these skills. But in terms of writing, no one ever tells you, this is how you write, this is how you structure. So maybe when it comes to pitching to someone like BBC, you don't actually know how to start, what to do, and how to write it out. You have no basic format. But what we learned yesterday is about the structure and little things like that. And if you were going to pitch, ideally, this is like the structure it should follow. I thought that's really good because not a lot of people say that to you. And we're learning as we go anyway. And then just to finish off, can you tell us a little... We we always ask people their favourite talent or piece of work. Um, So is there someone who's really, really inspiring you at the minute? Um, Or is there a particular show or podcast or YouTube channel that you want to give some love to? Oh, um, I think person, I think it's completely out of what I do and I'm never going to do this career once you hear what it is. But um, I think Simone Biles, 
I think she's so inspirational at such a young age. She's literally doing so much. And I met her last year. And last year, she was only, I think she was 22 last year. And she spoke about um, how she wanted to quit gymnastics. She feels like she's done it all. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm like four years older than you and you're ready to retire and I'm just starting (laughs) my career. That's crazy. So for such a young person who works so hard and has broken records that even older people and like people who are probably like 10 years older than her might not ever break. It's so incredible. And it just kind of shows you like anything's possible. You can absolutely do it. And you just got to work when you're young because that's when you have all the energy. Absolutely. And for anyone who's listening that maybe doesn't already follow you, where should people look out for you? Um, Instagram, which I need to pay more attention to. <laughs> <laughs> it's at Kimmy K, which is K-I-I-M-Y and then K-A-Y. And YouTube, it's James and Kimmy. Perfect. Thanks so much for chatting to us. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the TalentWorks podcast. For more interviews like these, click the subscribe button and you'll be notified when our next conversation goes live. Or you can follow us on Instagram at BBC Studios TalentWorks. See you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.